Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. Russia's latest space station incident points to larger issues. Nauka's errant firings weren't likely the result of human error, and they raise concerns about the future of the country's space program and its partnership with NASA. By Eric Berger, Ars Technica. Last Thursday, the big new Russian space station module Nauka finally docked with the International Space Station after several technical issues en route to the orbiting laboratory. However, the problems didn't end there. About three hours after linking to the station, Nauka began firing its propulsion thrusters, throwing the space station off kilter. This led NASA Mission Control in Houston to initiate loss-of-attitude control procedures on board the station, a contingency astronauts and flight controllers train for. Then, in concert with flight controllers in Moscow, the teams commanded the station to fire its thrusters on the Russian segment of the space station, as well as a progress supply vehicle attached to the laboratory. These combined actions prevented the station from tumbling too violently until Nauka exhausted its primary fuel supply. Following this near-miss, NASA hastily called a news conference and brought out key figures before the media, including human spaceflight chief Kathy Leaders and the leader of the International Space Station program, Joel Montalbano. Both said NASA and the Russian space corporation, Roscosmos, had the situation well in hand and downplayed the overall risk to the station and the astronauts on board. However, they deferred many questions on the technical issues to Roscosmos, which has offered mixed messages. A senior official in Roscosmos, former cosmonaut Vladimir Solovyov, said in an official statement, Due to a short-term software failure, a direct command was mistakenly implemented to turn on the module's engines for withdrawal, which led to some modification of the orientation of the complex as a whole. This makes a problem sound like a software error. But later, the head of Roscosmos, Dmitry Rogozin, acknowledged that someone on the ground could have made a mistake. Everything was going well, but there was a human factor, he told a Russian publication, as reported by Reuters. There was some euphoria after the successful docking. Everybody got relaxed. Now that the immediate danger has passed, the most pressing concerns are that this happened at all and what it may mean for ongoing Russian participation in the International Space Station program. For NASA, 
The primary goal is to maintain a human presence in low Earth orbit, and this means flying the station for the remainder of the 2020s. Given the likelihood that Nauka's errant thruster firing involved human error, that would be at least the third major problem in less than three years resulting from shoddy work. In October 2018, the launch of Russian cosmonaut Alexei Ovchinin and NASA astronaut Nick Haig was aborted after a Soyuz booster failure, and the crew had to make an emergency return to Earth. A subsequent investigation found that the side-mounted booster had been improperly mated to the core stage of the Soyuz rocket. At around the same time, Russia announced that there was a small hole in a different Soyuz vehicle already attached to the International Space Station. We are able to narrow down the cause of the technological mistake of a technician, Rogozin said of the problem. These technical errors have occurred as Roscosmos has had difficulty paying its engineers and technicians a living wage. And now the country's space budget faces further pressure as NASA no longer needs to buy Soyuz seats for its astronauts to ride to the International Space Station, thanks to SpaceX's crewed Dragon vehicle and hopefully soon Boeing's Starliner. Despite all of this, NASA has remained publicly supportive of Russia and its space program, and it has to be relieved that, regardless of its myriad troubles in getting to the space station, Nauka is now there and functional. This is important because it likely cements Russian participation in the space station for the remainder of this decade. There is no guarantee of that. In recent months, Russian officials have begun saying that Roscosmos' existing hardware in orbit, much of which is more than two decades old, is aging beyond repair. The Russians have also suggested they may pull out of the program in 2025 and build a brand new station. Indeed, just on Saturday, two days after Nauka's troublesome docking, Roscosmos issued a statement saying it was continuing a study of a new station project in low Earth orbit called the Russian Orbital Service Station. This seems very likely to be posturing, as Russia has neither the budget nor likely the ability to rapidly build a new space station. The question for NASA becomes then, how long is it willing to rely on a partner that is clearly having technical issues with its workforce, is always asking for more money, and is making noises about wanting to exit the space station partnership that has existed for about three decades now? NASA's stated intent is to maintain a presence in low Earth orbit. By 2028, or shortly after, it hopes to have commercial space stations operating there. But until that time, the International Space Station is NASA's only game in town. Should the Russians become even less reliable, the U.S. Space Agency has options, but those will take time to implement. NASA could pay a company like Axiom to accelerate development of its commercial module that will dock to the station, which could take over the propulsion tasks of the Russian service module now attached to the station. Or it could even give a company like SpaceX a contract to dock its Starship vehicle at the space station to maintain its altitude. For now, it doesn't appear as though the NASA-Roscosmos relationship is at the breaking point, but like the aging space station, it is showing signs of wear, tear, and cracking. Roscosmos could apply some much-needed mortar by being clear with NASA about what exactly happened with Nauka and committing to the future of the partnership. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com slash science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. 
I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.